name is Peyton Macy's, and you're listening to AnyCast. AnyCast is about anything and everything. We have some cool guests on sometimes, or sometimes it's just me. But enjoy today's episode, and I hope you learn something new. And welcome on back to any cast. Today we are talking about Stranger Things season two because I rewatched season two. Uh, I got done with it. I spent an entire day, I think, from like episode one to episode the the really bad episode episode seven. Yeah, a lot of TV I watched. A lot. And I finished it last night. So, yeah, I'm here just to talk about Stranger Things Season 2, give a review. Um, and, oh dear. Yes, there's going to be spoilers. But, um, this season is really bad. The first time I watched it, I enjoyed it far much more. Because I didn't know what was coming. I was like, oh, okay, what is it, what's going to happen next with our characters? What's going to happen next with um, our friends? And oh my gosh, this is like watching paint dry the second time through. I don't know how some people say this is their favorite season. It, it's very important because it establishes a lot of relationships with a lot of different characters. In fact, the entire plot of this season is Will is now being uh possessed by the mind flayer not exactly flayed yet he's just possessed and the mind flayer is controlling will and i think the really weird thing about this is that or not weird the really significant thing about this is that it sets up of course will's connection with everything in the upside down because the mind flayer is the ruler of the upside down he's like the king of it and will is intact with this and this of course just proves well it just proves i guess kind of a point in season one that he's always going to be the one to be in danger um so yeah he he gets in danger uh, and we get to see Max and Billy arrive in the show. Now, I actually... So, I never really liked Max. But upon re-watching season 3 and how that ends. And watching this season and reading the book Runaway Max. Which you guys should all read. Or listen to my review. Or listen to the audiobook. Um... It really adds a layer. Um, it, it really makes the show season two much more interesting when you read this Runaway Max book. Because you know why she's so rude. She has an abusive brother because of the abusive stepfather who married her mother. And she only wants to be with her father who's back in LA. But the entire line where Billy's like, whose fault is that that we're here? Well, if you read the book it's it's max's fault it's not billy's fault max ended up running away from home or at least trying to and then neil and um max's mother 
of course, left to Hawkins, Indiana from San Diego. And a lot, a large part of that, of course, is just to get away from the father, uh, Max's real father. But this, uh, this season actually develops a lot with Dustin and Steve, I think. There's a lot of character development for Dustin. He's like, he's maturing and he, of course, is in love with Max in the beginning. But then by the end, he's just like, screw you guys. I don't, I don't like you guys because he's like, Lucas is just going to go for Max and not go. He's not going to be a bro. He's just going to abandon me. And then he, of course, realizes Mike is just pouting all the time. And poor Dustin is literally left alone. He's like, Lucas, where are you? And then, of course, he's like, Will, Mike, do you copy? You know, in one of the episodes, he's like yelling, do you copy Code Red like a billion times? <laughs> then he goes to Mike's house and then he meets Steve there. And Steve and Dustin, ex- um, they um, form their friendship and it's really awesome. Uh, the relationship those two characters have and how they interact with each other is really cool to see. And of course, in season three, in my season three review, you'll uh, get a lot more of why it's so awesome. But for Dustin, you know, he is in love with Max and then he ends up actually not caring about Max because he's like, Lucas already is dating Max, which technically they're not in this season, but they, they basically are. Same thing goes for Mike and Elle in season one but like when they kiss they're basically dating um because then mike acts like ellis's girlfriend and l acts like mike is his her boyfriend so yeah poor dustin though at the end uh if you go see my top 10 musical moments of stranger things which will be linked in the description it's a youtube video i made Go check that out because at number two, I have time after time and I ranked it there because it's really sad. Um, poor Dustin is left all alone. The entire buildup that season is like he's in love with Max and then he's like, I don't care about Max. And Steve is like, you can get a girl. Come on, dude. You you got it. You got the moves. And he's like super confident and he goes in with all this confidence and then everybody rejects him. And then he stands alone like Charlie Brown and then cries to himself. And then Nancy redeems her character for me um, by saying, hey, you want to dance? And then teaches him how to dance. They have a good time. He's obviously not in love with Nancy or anything weird like that. He's just like having a good time and enjoying himself and taking it like a comedic way, which I really thought was cool after you see Mike and Elle dancing and then you see Lucas and Max dancing and then you see... Dustin and Nancy and they're taking it like in a comedic way and they're just laughing the whole time while everybody is taking it like serious romantic and they're just like screw it we're just gonna have fun um yeah what else oh Steve so Steve of course is like a total villain in season one he kind of redeems himself at the end but he really redeems himself throughout this season first he doesn't care about Nancy he's well I mean, he does care. He's just hiding it, of course. Like he tells Dustin, the way to get a girl is just to ignore him. It drives him crazy, as he says. Um, and he starts to be like Dustin's father throughout the season. Then I think the big 
big character shift is when he defends the kids. When Billy shows up, he's defending the kids, and then he fights Billy. And yes, he gets beat the crap out of.、Him. And yes, Max has to stab a syringe in her own brother's throat, and then smack the bat right by his privates. Doesn't hit him, but I think she should have. Dude was high, strung out on cocaine or something when he showed up to the house. I don't know what he was strung out on, but you know, Steve really becoming a hero. Um, honestly, even though Lucas is a jerk to Dustin and is only obsessed with Max, his character arc actually I think kind of expands into showing oh like who he, what he really is like. He's like, at the end of the day, he's gonna make up for the mistakes he pulled on Dustin. He's gonna be there. Now Mike, on the other hand, who I cannot stand,、um, does not. Really apologize for moping and pouting about L,、uh, and even at the end of the season, still is trashing on Max, and then acts like I think this is really what made me mad about Mike. So yes, he spent some time with Bob, and I'll get into Bob here, but、um, spoiler alert: Bob dies. Rest in peace. It's one of the saddest deaths in the entire show.、Um, But Bob dies, and yes, Mike spends some time with Bob, but he acts like Bob is this father figure to him, and that Bob has always been there for him because he tells Max like, "We need to." I forget what he said, but he was like saying, "You're not in our group,"、um, and we need to kill those demo dogs because look at what happened to Bob, and look at what's happening to Will. Will the thing with Will was valid. But Bob, he pulls that thing on Bob just because Bob established the AV Club, which that scene is actually. So, first of all, Bob works at Radio Shack and he dates Joyce Byers. Now, Bob is played by Sean Astin,、uh, most notably known in Lord of the Rings as Sam Gimji, and Bob is an amazing Stranger Things character. Now, to be honest, the first time I watched this show, I thought, "Ooh, is Bob with the government? Is Bob an evil spy?" Is he gonna kill the buyers? Is he gonna rat out Will? No. And you really see that he's a good guy once he starts helping with the map. I mean, he's always been a nice guy, but it's like it's Stranger Things. Can you actually? Can you actually um like trust it? I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Anyways, Bob. He works at Radio Shack, dates Joyce, whatever. He actually starts to bond with Will. Jonathan, not so much, because Jonathan is just obsessed with Nancy at this point. Um, but he bonds with Will, and then, um, Will, or sorry, Bob dies. Sorry, okay. They go to the H and L lab, which is where、uh, L was experimented on, and Bob dies. Bob dies because a demo dog attacks him, and four of them eat his body. As Hopper tries to shoot them with an AR, but then more and more come, and he has to grab Joyce, and they run out. Hopper and Joyce run out of the building. Bob dies, and it's a really sad scene because first he dies, 
then they drive home, and then they start learning about who Bob really was, like the boys do. Like they actually are sad. They feel for Joyce, I guess, and Jonathan.、Um, well, mostly Joyce, and really sad. And、uh, Mike actually figures out. He's like, guys, did you know that Bob made the AV Club? And then, like that was that's a really sad thing because. Of course, in season one, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the boys are a part of the AV Club, audiovisual club, and that's like their favorite hobby.、Um, all four of them, including El, I guess, kind of.、Um, so yeah, it's it's really sad stuff here、uh, with Bob. I didn't want to get actually into another character arc though. Nancy and Jonathan end up going to the lab. Well, actually, they get kidnapped by the lab, and then they start recording some tapes. Of how, like to undermine the lab, and then they go to Murray. Now Murray is, I think, Russian. I can't really tell, but like the dude is crazy. He has vodka and plays Russian music. So is he Russian? I don't know. Is he obsessed with the Russians? I don't really know. Maybe, but not like in a good way. He's like obsessed with them because they're Russian spies, and he thinks everybody's a Russian spy. I mean, it is the 1980s, and the Cold War was going on at this time. And it's 84 actually by the time of season two, season five when the real Russians come in, or sorry, season three when the real Russians come in, um, 86, the summer of 86. But um, Murray is very funny. Jonathan and Nancy go there. They give Murray the tapes because Murray's an investigating journalist who used to actually work with journalists, and the guy guess got fired or kicked out or left. <sighs> They end up sending this thing off to like a bunch of big news corporations. This one tape that like gonna undermine the Hawkins Laboratory, and they they win.、Um, and then of course Nancy sleeps with Jonathan、uh, because Nancy and Jonathan love each other, and they start dating and whatever. Um, not really. It's kind of important for next season's review, and just to know where all the characters at. Man,、yeah, Will's character. I don't. I don't actually like Will or Mike as characters. So call me a hater, but they're just not interesting to me. And I think the really. But I do. Here's the interesting thing. Will is one of the best actors in the show. <laughs> Because his acting performances, well, of course, besides Millie Bobby Brown as L,、um, his acting performance is really like crazy, and it gets intense because of his acting. Because it's like this kid really looks like he's demon possessed, and he's really like violently shaking like this.、Um, and of course, they they get the mind flare out of Will's body at the end, and then they go to Snowball, where of course I explained in the beginning with Dustin. And everybody else, and then they zoom out of the snowball, and we enter the upside down in the mind flares over the snowball. What a great way to end a show, a、uh, season. It's like you didn't really kill the mind flare; you just delayed it. But yeah, that's um, that's Stranger Things season two. I do want to point out a couple of things. One, the music is amazing. Two, cinematography. Really good in this one, of course. Three, the books "Suspicious Minds," "Darkness on the Edge of Town," and "Runaway Max." If you've seen Stranger Things season two, 
read all of those. The uh, Suspicious Minds is a prequel to the entire show. Um, but it's good to watch season two first and then read that. Darkness on the Edge of Town happens before season two, but you need to watch season two first so then you know that Eleven is alive and that Hopper is Eleven's father now. Um, and then Runaway Max, you need to watch season two and then, of course, read Runaway Max to understand Max's point of view in season two. Now, the reason this uh, season two is so slow and terrible, in my opinion, is because they drag out the plot forever. It takes you so long to even know what's wrong with Will. I think it's like episode two or three is when he gets possessed. And then they keep on going to the doctors. And that's the entire show, I feel like. Like, mm, I'd say a good 60% of the season is them at the Hawkins Laboratory with Dr. Sam Owens. And trying to figure out how do we get the Mind Flayer out of him, out of Will. And they're like, oh, well, we don't want to hurt Will. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, we just need to burn it out of Will now. And, um, yeah, I mean, that works. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's long. I think really what this season accomplishes best is character arcs and development for everybody. Even people like Mike, who I don't like, or Will. Well, yeah, in, in ways, Will. But with Mike, you know, um, he you can see why he's he he's a jerk. Okay, um, you see that a lot more. You see him crazy in love with um, L and just wanting to be with L, and he's just sad and confused. That's why he lashes out in anger on everybody. You see Dustin just become like a ten time better character. Steve becomes a hero in this season. Max is introduced and a lot of her is explained. Billy isn't really expounded on. Even Nancy's mom in a disgusting way is um, propelled. Karen, because I don't know if you guys know, but Karen falls in love with Billy, who's a minor. She's an adult. So, you know, that's disgusting. And Billy falls in love with Karen. Um, it's really disgusting. We'll get more into that um, in season three and how that ends. Um, Hopper, of course, amazing character. Gets developed more. We get to learn a lot about Terry Ives, actually, because Eleven... Okay, so basically what happened is Eleven found Hopper in the wilderness. She kind of wandered around outside of the school in the woods, found Hopper. Hopper takes her in. Hopper's like... You cannot go outside. Soon you can go outside. And soon becomes a year. And um, Eleven loses it. Gets out of the home. Goes and actually terrorizes, I guess, like a little kid. Goes to the school. and Oh, a little kid and her mother. Um, goes to the school, the middle school. Finds Mike laughing and smiling when Max is riding in a circle around him and a skateboard and it's all out of context she doesn't actually know what's going on except elder sees this and thinks mike has moved on she later finds out mike has not moved on and mike hates max with a passion um 
So then she goes and finds her mom. Well, she actually goes back home. Hop yells at her. She breaks the cabin, a lot of it. Um, Hop has to go out. Hop can't make promises, or he makes promises that he can't keep. Like, he'll be home at this time. And other things like that. Then she finds this box, finds out who Terry Ives is. It's like, oh, maybe that's my mom. And then she, well, yeah, she actually, like, realizes, like, she's like, mama. And so she goes, right, finds Terry Ives. <laughs> Terry Ives um, is actually um, very severely disabled. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it almost looks like she's a little bit blind. She mutters these words, like these same words, constantly. And she's in this rocking chair. She goes there. Terry's sister, her aunt, Elle's aunt, well, otherwise known as Jane. Elle, Elle's aunt, helps. She stays there for like a little bit. And then she realizes, she, Elle realizes that her aunt, aunt, is trying to rat um, Elle out to the police. So Elle takes the credit card or whatever, no, train tickets, sorry, bus tickets, and pieces out, runs away to Chicago, and then the worst episode in all of Stranger Things happens, where she literally just goes to Chicago, finds her sister named Callie, otherwise known as Eight, and, um, Eight has this actually really cool power, where she can instead of being like telekinetic and being able to like lift stuff and throw stuff like it's the force or something like that she can project images and illusions to people um that will distract people or scare normal people weak-minded people even l herself she actually projects dr brenner to l and this very so terrifies l um Callie is saying you need to give in to your hate. It's basically like she's Emperor Palpatine trying to raise up Anakin Skywalker or Ray. That's a better analogy. Ray and then L like gives it to that hate for a little bit. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. L gives into that hate for a little bit. And then it's just like she realizes, oh no, what you guys are doing with me is illegal because she almost killed a guy who tortured her mom, Terry Ives. Um, but then she realizes, oh crap, this guy has two daughters. I'm not going to do it. Callie loses it. Elle runs away from Chicago back to Hawkins. Yay, lesson learned. And then the next episode, of course, Bob dies and that's the entire um, episode, which is really sad. And then Elle comes home. And then the big plot Oh, another thing. Um, Elle needed to close the gate as they burned the mind flare out of Will. And then the boys and Steve, after Steve fights Billy, have to go down to the hive, which is like the underground tunnels, and burn it to a crisp. It's pretty interesting stuff, you guys. We also get introduced to Demodogs. Um... So, I mean, there's good stuff sprinkled throughout the season two, but it is, there are some moments in that show that are so slow. Um, 
I don't, I don't have much else to say except that season three is the best. Um, and I don't know why people hate season three and say that season two is better than season three. I think that's so stupid and weird. But I hope you guys enjoyed. Go to my shop. It'll be linked in the description. Buy yourself some merch, you guys. Um, you know, merch is always there. Um, what else? I don't know. That's about it, right? I guess uh, we got merch. We got a Discord. Uh, we got the YouTube. Go to the YouTube. I got. I got a lot of stuff up now. I think I have like two hours, maybe three hours of content. Oh, actually, you know what? Maybe like four or five now that I'm thinking about that. Um, go today, I think. Maybe today. Let me check something real quick here. Um, and maybe, just maybe, we will have this. Yes, if you go today to YouTube... You will see a video for Marvel's Comic-Con announcements and all that stuff. And yeah, everybody on the email, uh, stand by at about, I don't know when you guys are listening, but at, hey, by like 8 o'clock tonight, there should be an email, or at least by Tuesday. So if you're listening on Tuesday, you probably already got that email. And yeah, you probably did get the demo in your uh, inbox. And if you guys aren't subscribed to my email and you're like, what is this demo? Well, you're going to have to wait until the season three review comes out to even get the demo in the description down below. So that sucks. You're not subscribed to the email. But hey, if you want to subscribe to the email, I still got the form out there. And uh, it'll be down in the description. So yeah, go check all that out and have a great day.